0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. If you watch evening television, perhaps you are familiar with shows like America's Got Talent or American Idol or a new one now called The Voice. These are talent shows, basically, where people have auditioned, hundreds of people throughout the country, have auditioned to to show their talent, and in particular, a lot of them in music, with singing, so they can make it to the top. And if they're good enough, they get selected for the show, and then throughout the season, of course, the crowd is trimmed down to just those who are the very best. And America then votes for the ones they think are the best. So here you have these people who were basically unknown, Average people like you and me with regular jobs, but who have some special talent. And because of that talent, they shoot to the top. What's offered them is a life of fame and fortune, as now they become the superstars. And some of them get quite a following, because I hear some of the young girls talking about, Oh, did you see so and so on TV last night? They're still in the competition. And maybe shows like that get, get our thoughts going a little bit as to, you know, what if, what if I was in that position? Wow, what if, what if I were on a show that I could look forward to getting some fame and fortune? But we realize that's not our world. But don't be disappointed. Even though these people now have found some direction to get a new life, the truth is, you and I already have a new life. And one that's far better than the fame and fortune of Hollywood or the musical world. It's a new life that has come from and is there because of and is with our living Lord. It's a new life with our shepherd, Jesus. Let's take a look at just how good that new life is, as we listen again to these words of Jesus, our shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, if we think of a new life, we might think of the fame and fortune that comes when you have hundreds of people looking at you and and voting for you, and all of a sudden you rise up in the public and are a superstar. But we'll come back down to planet Earth because that's not our gig. Yet we can say there are times when we maybe have experienced a new life, have gotten some new direction, have taken a, a new way in life. Maybe when you graduated and went into the career field, and now you're a professional. Maybe when you got married, you consider that to be a whole new life. Or maybe when you've just moved to a new home, a different part of the country, and started over, so to speak. A new life for these young people. A new life might mean when you can finally get behind that steering wheel of the car, huh? Or when you graduate from school and go on to a new school and start over with new friends, or yes, in years to come, graduating and getting a career and <gasps> getting married. But that's kind of off in the future, isn't it? At least your moms tell me the driving thing is definitely off in the future. But do you have a new life even today? A new life that's with Jesus. Oh, it's not new in time. You've been living with this new life. We've all been living with this new life for some time. But yet it's new, new in quality. Just like when you get a new car, you like that feel, you like that smell. You get some new clothes and you like the way you look. You get a new phone or a new iPad or something and you just enjoy the newness of it. Well, that's the quality, the new quality of life that we have. And Jesus describes it for us in three ways. The first way he tells us is that he knows us. Now, we know people. You can look around the church and say, oh, yo, I I know that so-and-so, and sometimes we even remember their names. But you may not know them real well. Now, you guys, I know pretty well. And your moms and dads know you real well, and they've told stories about you. Now, that's how Jesus knows you that's how jesus knows all of us he knows us personally the word that uh, jesus used in the greek language implied an intimate knowledge a close living knowledge with somebody in fact jesus at one point said i know my sheep's name and by that he meant he knows your personality he knows your likes and your dislikes he he knows your activities uh, he knows your behaviors, your thoughts, and your desires. And oh my, TMI, too much information. Uh, God knows all of those things? Yes. He knows our needs. He knows we are needy people. Yeah, I'm a needy person. I need help. Because of those thoughts and desires and behaviors, I've oftentimes broken his commandments. And there's nothing I can do to fix it. I need his help. And he knows that. Now, you and I, sometimes when we hear of needy people, we might kind of take a step or two away, thinking, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to get involved with that. I, I just can't handle those kind of problems. I don't have time to deal with all that stuff and while we may have pity on the person, we don't get involved. But that's not the shepherd. He sees our needs, and he comes right up to us. Because he's not looking to get anything from us. He's only looking to give what we need, and that's because the relationship we have with him is based on love, an unconditional love. It's not based on your character, your goodness, nor what you do. It's purely based on his desire to be in relationship with you. And so look what he does. He comes to you and holds you. He cleans you up from your sins and your dirt and life. He brings you into his family. He's brought you into this family through baptism. Think of that. You are in the family of the holy God, the best family that there is. And it's all because of his love, not who you are or what you can't supply, but only what he wants to do for you. Now, knowing all that, what do you want to do? Jesus tells us, because he knows the sheep and the sheep know what he is like, their response is, follow to follow him and for following Jesus Christ that means we live a life of faith. We believe in him. we believe who He is and what He has done. Now take a moment and just compare yourself with the rest of the world. a world that so is so eager to get away from God, a world that is so quick to To deny God and to try to push Him out of our life. A world that doesn't want to hear anything about God and even attacks God and His people. That's not our calling. We go to our Savior. No matter what the cost, no matter what the reaction of the world, we follow that Savior because we hear His word. We hear Him calling to us. We hear Him reminding us of his love, and how much we need him. We know the blessings of being in his family, his flock, and so we go to him with faith. So no matter what the world says, even no matter what my own reason might tell me sometimes, I'm going to listen to and follow my Savior faithfully for the rest of my life. Young people, that's the promise you're going to be making in a few minutes. To follow Jesus for the rest of your life, no matter what. I'm sad to say, we know that sometimes young people and adults who have made such a promise fall away from Him. They begin by just starting to slowly step away, changing their life of faithfully listening to Him and worshiping Him. And soon they get farther and farther and farther away. Jesus calls us to follow him faithfully, no matter what. To always listen. To always lean on him. Because he is the one we need. Now God knows we can't do that on our own. (laughs) He knows how we like to stray. He knows we'll fall and often trip up on our own feet. Therefore, he has given us his Holy Spirit to help us in that walk. Our young people have memorized these words from Luther's catechism. Maybe you have too. Let's join our voices together and profess this about how our loving shepherd keeps us with him. I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or choosing, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Yeah, it's that Holy Spirit whom God has given us to bring us to faith. Now will also be with us to keep us in faith. Listen to his promptings, and then keep that promise you have made to follow him. Confirmation simply means You are confirming. You are letting everybody know what you believe. You are telling us about that good work that God has created and started in you. Keep to that promise. And then let's work to encourage one another. That's one of the reasons why we gather together on Sundays. Yes, it's to praise and thank God but it's also to be together to encourage one another in our faith and our Christian walk. Parents of these confirmants, I know this is an important step for them, but I also know that your responsibilities to them have not ended. For example, you're not ready to hand over the car keys. You're not ready to shoo them out of the house so they can go live on their own. You still have a lot of responsibility for the next few years to take care of them. That includes spiritually, too. To bring them to church and to Bible class. To guide them in their Christian life. Don't disappoint them. Let's all work together as a congregation to encourage one another in our faith and our walk. That we keep that promise to faithfully follow our loving shepherd. Now, has anybody ever disappointed you? I'm sure. There's been a friend or a co-worker or a fellow student who has promised to do something or to be there and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And you're disappointed. And the more serious the commitment or the closer the person is to you, if there is that failure to follow through, you're really disappointed. Can you imagine how horrible it would be if God let us down? It ain't going to happen. Listen to what Jesus says. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus is telling you about his permanent, eternal, and faithful care for you. Like a shepherd, he is there to give you what you need. Whether it be for your physical life, whether it be for your emotional life or your spiritual life, he is there to meet our needs. He gives us everything that we need, oftentimes before we even know what we need or ask him. And then in love, he encourages us to come to him and ask for what we need so that he may open his hand and abundantly supply us. He's there to guide us too, just like a shepherd would guide his sheep. He's there to nudge us along, keep encouraging us. He's there to pull us back when we start to stray, and he's also there to catch us when we're ready to fall, to take that leap, because he's there to guard us to guard us physically, and he uses his angels to do that, and to guard us spiritually, keep us safe from all harm and danger. That's his commitment to us, to care for us forever. Our young people have learned these words from Luther's Catechism, too, which summarize how well God takes care of us. Let's say them together. I believe that God still preserves me by richly and daily providing all I own and all I need to keep my body and life. He also preserves me by defending me against all danger, guarding and protecting me from all evil. With that kind of care, our response is simply to trust him. To trust him above everything. Look, when we recognize we have needs, we take steps to meet those needs. It might be doing something, it might be going to see somebody. And God has wonderfully blessed us with all sorts of earthly resources and and technology to help us in our needs. But no matter how good the people are, no matter how great the technology is, none of that can work unless it has his blessing. So whatever our need might be, whatever we think it is that will meet that need, let us put our trust in God above all of that to work through those things to take care of us. Trust him in every situation and for all that you need. Those words we just spoke a moment ago, richly and daily, all I own, all I need, against all danger, from all evil. You know, life is pretty complex. Just look at our bodies. Knowing that this whole system of, of muscles and veins and cells and brain neurons and enzymes all have to work just right to keep our body going. It's very complex. Could not have just happened. God made it that way. And look how complex life can be. Living with other people, our routines... Our needs, being able to turn on a switch and the lights go on, to turn a faucet and water comes out, to go to the store and there's all the food you want. God sees to it that all of that takes place for us. So let's put our trust in him in all situations because he is there to take care of us. Sometimes our faith is challenged in that regard. When things aren't going so well, we wonder and we maybe doubt what's going on. What should we do? Just keep listening to what your shepherd says because he never goes back on his word. And keep leaning on him for him to supply all of your needs and care for you. Just listen to that word, stay focused on his will. Keep walking his way, because he will never let you down. We have the guarantee of that. Listen to what Jesus also says. I lay down my life for the sheep, and I give them eternal life. We have a guarantee how well he knows us and cares for us, because he has saved us. He gave his life for us. You know what? It's my fault. The failures are mine. I'm the one who has wandered from God. I'm the one who has chosen not to obey. But He came to rescue me from that. He came and fought the good fight. He fought against sin and temptation perfectly without any flaws. Then he laid down his life, taking my guilt upon him and my punishment that was due upon himself so that I won't be punished. And yes, he took that life up again to show that you and I will have eternal life. We now have freedom, a new life, a freedom from sin and its curse, freedom from death and the devil. We have a new life. He has saved us for that very purpose. And we know these beautiful words also from our catechism in which we summarize all that he has done to save us. Let's say them. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, And with his innocence, suffering and death. All to give me eternal life. Now, sometimes we think that eternal life is what happens when I die. My friends, eternal life is now. It's yours now. Yes, someday this this body is going to wear down and die. It has to because it's corrupted by sin. But God will raise it again to be new and immortal and incorruptible like his glorious body. In the meantime, my soul will continue to live, to live in the mansions of heaven, enjoy the glorious blessings of eternity. We will never die. We have eternal life right now. So what do we do? Luther reminded us what to do. Let's join in these words. All this he did. That I should be his own, live under him and his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. Yeah, now my new life is this. I'm going to serve my Savior with all my heart. That's my response of love and thanks for all he has done. I want to serve him with the sincerity and love that's in my heart. Now, oftentimes, uh, young people, especially in high school, have to uh, do service acts in the community. And so the young people will come here and volunteer to do things. And it's wonderful. We love to have them here serving. But as you do that, let me remind you, it's not for the purpose of fulfilling community hours. Serve the Lord with your heart. And then when you've completed all your hours, keep serving him. And for all of us who don't have to keep track of those hours, let's keep serving him. Let's ask, what do you want me to do, Lord? Show me. And when you hear those opportunities and you see, this is something I can do, then step up. Serve him with your head, with the mental abilities that he has given you, and with your hands, those talents that you have. Serve him in all those situations. Not because it brings you joy which it does but because it brings his grace to others and glorifies him my friends that's your new life living under a shepherd who knows you with his love who cares for you perfectly and faithfully and who has saved you to be his forever follow him trust him And serve him. And the reason is not because you won some contest, not because you have some great thing to contribute, but only because of this you are his most loved. Amen.